2: Boogie well, hates racism and Chris
1: Paul, and who cannot get on board with that platform?
2: If I've learned a lot, this I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too. No, it's good, Roll, Roll. on no, 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 how no, how no. no, they they no. <laughs>
1: if the Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts, joined as always by the. Just the best, Rohan Khadi. Rohan, sir, happy Monday.
2: We are recording on Monday morning. How's it going? I'm glad you asked, Ty, because I'm actually doing incredible. I did not prep you for this at all, but oh. I have something I need to show the viewers. Oh, my God. And it is, it is something that it is my, it is now one of my most prized possessions. Oh, wow. Uh, it is something that uh, you you will know right away why it means so much to me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, give me a guess.
1: Is it the backpack?
2: No. no. Oh, okay. No, I
1: thought you no, had the no, 20G no, no.
2: backpack. No, it is a signed Thanasis. Oh, my basketball God. Card. How did you acquire that? Uh, eBay. Oh, eBay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. For, for, for the podcast listeners, it is the 20, uh, what, what is it? 2021 Panini Trophy Collections. Wow, it looks Lesion's super basketball.
1: holographic. It it
2: is yeah, and for couple the couple years, of here, pictures know. of TA. They were smart to get a big like
1: a big close up of his face. T.A.'s a good looking guy. I feel like that really adds a lot to the
2: card. Oh yeah, and the signature makes it look like he just wrote down Ray, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, but Synosis, Ray Atacumpa,
1: everyone calls him that.
2: Uh, no, it 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 does look like just Ray. It right? does look like Ray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man but yeah uh, i've had this i've been sitting on this and i needed to make sure everyone saw it wow, that's that's awesome is that is that psa 10 you should get it graded i should get it graded
1: but to get a full, full slab yeah it is full full slab ta card
2: <laughs> but yeah that is uh uh i i, I needed to uh, i needed yeah uh, well that's a great
1: that that's a great way to start a pod that we have a lot of I don't know. It's all, I don't think it's really all negative, despite the first pun in the in the title here. But we have we have a lot to get through. And I actually before we get to to Dame, which of course lame time is a reference to the way Dame has played for from especially lately much much of the season. I want to I want to talk Doc Rivers first and just kind of reconvene on that. Overall, I feel like it's been fine. I, I don't think we have to spend a lot of time on this. He hasn't played the young guys much. We will talk about AJ Green, who has been. The big Cali Rivers, maybe Cali Rivers Curry now, apparently is an A.J. Green fan, and that's working out very, very well for him, um, which is, a hey, good for A.J. Green. He, he's played quite well as well. But the young guys haven't played almost at all, especially Marjon and Ajax, which is not ideal, but I, we have gotten quotes from Doc about kind of he knows the vets more from coaching against them, and he wants to get a better idea of what the young guys do. He's been in charge for four games now, right? Uh four or five at most four. a week, like not, not very much. So, you know, if it's the rest of the whole season like this, I think I'll be more upset right now. It's like, yeah, I'd like to see him a little more, but I, I'm not, it's not the end of the world for me. Otherwise though, I feel like the concepts he's been instilling are working pretty well. They've been much better defensively and just solid. I think the offensive process looks very good in most games. They just haven't had, they've had a pretty poor shot making week since Doc took over, which has cost them in really all of these games. I mean, their losses have been close. Their wins have been, uh, the Mavs win was somehow ended up being convincing after being down 25 points in the first quarter. But I I just want to see if you have any like big thoughts. I mean, of course, this is a huge story. We were all over it during the process. We had to cope about the news. We were in denial. So far, I've been like, yeah, I feel like they're a more respectable basketball team. I, I see what he's doing, and I like most of it outside of the young guys' stuff, which, again, we'll see if that continues to change. A.J. Green led the bench in minutes against Utah, so it's not like none of the young guys are playing at all, but just wanted your, I guess, updated Doc thoughts before we get going and all this exciting trades, everything, and lose sight of it.
2: It's it's just sort of, in my opinion, the, the Doc Rivers experience has just been – it's it's happened like it's not I think we're we're still too early in the process we've had one game and that's that uh or two games excuse me that the Dallas game and the Utah game where they it comes actually after a practice so they they have two games uh under their belt after actually getting a a practice in with their new head coach and Doc Rivers so I I think it's still very very early in the process to be able to really discern Much of anything. I mean, I guess we've gotten we've gotten a lot of just new rotational stuff. We've gotten new defensive stuff, but some new offensive stuff as well. But we're just a lot of the flaws about this Milwaukee Bucks team comes from its roster construction, which is the hill that we especially I've been on uh, about the Bucks and their their struggles this season is just been, yeah, it's it's a it's a combination of everything. Of course, coaching something, but a lot of it's on roster construction and the way this team is put together. It's not really ideally built team for the players that they have for Giannis and Dame. Uh obviously Chris, Brooke, those guys as well. But it's just I, I still think it's too early. My my thoughts are just sort of, eh, I still have these existential crises of, oh my God, Doc Rivers coaches this basketball team. And and all that, but we shall see in the coming games and after the trade deadline, especially.
1: Only one more game until it late, late,
2: late Tuesday night against the
1: Phoenix Suns, which I think will be a, a good game. I think Phoenix has had a pretty weird year all told, and I'm hoping for just some good basketball in on that one. But yeah, I think that's that's fair enough um, on Doc. So yeah, we we don't have to do you know several minutes on what we've seen so far. I, I think. The emphasis on Giannis and Dame is the right thing to do. And I think we've seen it pay off in some respects. We've seen Giannis have some incredible games. And just a quick Giannis check-in. Career high, uh, 31.3 points per game this season. Career high, 6.4 assists per game. That's the thing that stood out. January 2024 was Giannis's highest assist per game se- uh, month of his career. Looks like he's coming forward again in February. He had... 10 assists in the third quarter, I believe, against the Mavericks. He piled up assists as well. He's been doing a lot of create, um, playmaking. Seems like operating from the elbows, maybe more of an emphasis, and, and operating offense from there. You know, it, it feels like Giannis has had less possessions where he gets the ball, you know, above the free throw line, we'll say, and just drives. There's been a lot more of what we talked about early in the year. We talked about it more with pick and roll, but the patient Giannis plays. Wait a minute, the defense will do something. When they do it, then move, and you get the advantage. I mean, there were possessions against the Jazz where they send the help, and Laurie marketing is like shambling on over to Giannis, and Giannis says, "Oh, there's the wide. Open. I'll throw it to that shooter. Then this is very easy. I'll throw it to this shooter. Then they had they had no answer. All of the Bucks did end up losing that game just because, frankly, I think because Milwaukee ran out of gas, but. Giannis also 11.4 rebounds, a combined two and a half steals and blocks, which is one of the highest numbers of his career. Uh, It's, you know, since like pre-2020, he had a couple really loaded seasons in that, but it's among the best marks he's had over the last four years here. Giannis has just been incredible. I just wanted to touch on that. Also a career high, 61.3% from the field. Despite shooting almost two threes per game at a much lower clip, I won't even say it out of respect to Giannis. Twenty five point six, just an incredible season. He's been more dominant than ever, and I think if nothing else, that's a uh, an encouraging point for Bucks fans.
2: For sure, the reason we the reason that this Bucks team is where they are is because of Giannis. Like no matter what sort of offensive defensive uh, schematic struggles that they've had, roster issues like I talked about, no matter what. They're always going to be a good team and in every single game because of that man, because of Giannis Atakumpo. So it's just it's he he's he's on another level this season. Like you were talking about, you can say that statistically, you can say that just by watching the games as well. It's it's an it's just ridiculous to watch. Like sixty five percent on twos is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's it's honestly ridiculous on that sort of volume. It's never been really done before. So. Uh, first, uh, he, he I believe he's going to on pace to be the first guy who's averaging over 30 a game on over 60% from the field. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty good. It's not bad. <laughs> it's, At least, does
1: Wilt ever do that? I don't think so. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. Wilt was bricking. Yeah. Wow.
2: He, yeah, he was. Oh,
1: okay. Interestingly, um, I thought I just, I just have his stats up on NBA stats. A pretty even plus minus to the last two years, for how the Bucks have fared with him on the court. This is not advanced. This is just raw plus minus. But five point eight per game plus five point eight. Of course, this season plus only five point four last season and five point nine the year before. So I, I feel like, and you know there were some of the the earlier, but the 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 year when they killed everyone before the pandemic, Giannis's plus minus was plus ten point eight per game. I mean, that team was just on a whole other level. I think memories of those teams is why it's been particularly difficult to enjoy this Bucks team as much because obviously there's been many downs along with the ups. But it is interesting to me that they've won Giannis's minutes in roughly the same amount of points, although he does play a couple more minutes, so maybe that explains why it hasn't necessarily felt the same so far. Okay, let's talk about Dame Rohan. I think it is... Maybe like the biggest conversation we can have. I mean, you already, you mentioned you know the roster not fitting well. I think that is a, a good point as well, and it's something that, that I've also said and I agree with you on. I mean, how many losses this Buck season are wins if Dame just plays like anything close to the Dame that we had seen for the ten years before this one? At a, more than two. That's for I'd sure. i so. I'd Last say so, night was sure. another one, certainly. There's one at least I can name very specifically, the Utah game where I think the Bucs were running out of gas. Utah, who had not played since Thursday, another home game for them. The Bucs were second night of a road back-to-back at Elevation, on the road trip, all the stuff, but played incredible for three quarters and just lost the plot in the fourth. Needed someone to step up and hit a shot. No Chris Middleton, no Brooke Lopez. So obviously it wasn't going to be either of those guys and Dame just could not do it, had another just really bad shooting night. Uh, Sometimes you can, I think overall his defense has been okay, but sometimes it does feel like the frustration of either not getting calls or not hitting shots can carry over to that end. On the season, still averaging 24.9 points, 6.8 assists, and 4.2 rebounds, but shooting just 42.5% from the field and 34.7% from three. 47 games in. It's just not good enough. Not what the Bucks certainly hoped for when they traded for Dame. Obviously, we're both disappointed. I have thought that you know the new emphasis on him with the ball more and actually getting screened for, which we it did work against Dallas. I, I counted five different Bucks players set screens for him in that game as he was 10 for 11, but did not carry over to the Utah game. I mean, what is your concern level like for Dame going forward in the playoffs? Because clearly... I mean, he's had great moments this season, but on the whole, in the aggregate, has not been what we had hoped for when the Bucks swung that trade.
2: I think it's what I'm what I'm concerned about, and what the issue is at large for me is just a consistency issue because we've seen that he's capable. Like, just take this back to back, for instance, in that Dallas game, he's on another level. He looks better than the guy he's you, you ideally traded for. I mean, what does he what does he do in that game? He has 30 points on 10 of 11 from the field and. Then just the next night, you just uh, you you put up 12 points on 18 shots. It's it's just a consistency thing because we've seen these great, great games from Damian Lillard uh, this season. But we've also seen these not great games from Damian Lillard. It's it's a consistency thing that's really an issue for me. It's what can you expect from him on a night-to-night basis? Not really like, hey, are we, are you capable of doing this? Because we know he's capable of doing this. And it's not just a, oh, there's 10 years of experience of him doing this. No, we've literally seen him do this in a Bucks uniform, put put up uh, great shooting numbers, have incredible games where he looks like one of the best players in the world. We've seen that. We've seen that while he's been a member of the Bucks, But we're not seeing it every night. We're not seeing it every night, and I don't know necessarily what it will take to get him to play that level of basketball on a nightly basis. Not even that level of basketball, just like maybe take it down a notch, but you're doing that consistently. I don't know what it's going to take because this is really unprecedented for Damian Lillard. This is not... Something where you would say, oh yeah, Dane's just this guy, he's kind of wishy-washy, he does this now and then. You know, that's just not who he is, that's not who he's been throughout his career. So to say, oh, what's what's, what's the solution to just be having Damian Lillard play like Damian Lillard every game, I don't know, because he has the ball in his hands a lot more, like you mentioned. He has, like more of a control over the offense than he has. He's playing well defensively. Like he he's not really just letting guys get past me. He's fighting on the defensive end. So, I don't know necessarily what it is. This is really confusing for me. It it truly is because like you mentioned, this is not what we really expected when the Bucks swung for the fences and completed this trade. And to be clear, I still think it's an amazing trade, and I think it's going to pay off because in the playoffs, his game just takes takes new heights more than what he puts up in the regular season, which is already like an incredible bar. But I, which is to say, I'm not really too too worried. Like I started off this rant by saying, but it's concerning it's concerning because you can just see like like i mentioned earlier in just this two game sample you can see the highs and you can see the lows and without really anything changing too much in terms of like his role his amount of touches all of that stuff so it's it's just it's a little concerning to me it's a little concerning and especially because there's only, what is there? That was game 50. So there's only 32 more games left in this regular season. There's not too much time to be able to tune it up.
1: Yeah. In the post Adrian Griffin era, uh, which is now seven games of Milwaukee Bucks basketball three for Joe Prunty, four for Doc Rivers, Dame shot 38% against Cleveland, 29% against Cleveland, 50% against the Pelicans, 38% in Denver, 39% in Portland. in Dallas and then 27.8% in Utah. So, yeah, literally, like, I I think it's not really a topic of convo if Dame shoots 60% against Dallas and then, like, 45%, 50% against three other teams. Like, just distribute that a little better. Um, It would be nice to see kind of a a trend going up with, you know, again, the changes. I know Doc Doc just got in, but – you know, hopefully we do see that. I know Dame has talked about like his personal life has been very trying and difficult. You know, going through his um, divorce that's been pretty publicized now and, and everything and being away from family in Portland and certainly understand and emphasize with that. However, like, still just need, you know, I, I think it's fine to give the guy some grace. It's also, not unfair to say, just not playing at a high enough standard. Certainly for the amount of shots he continues to take. So hope everything is, is going as well as possible for him, and they're able to find some, you know, more time to spend with family and all these things. Also hoping that he can just really get back to something close to the level that we're used to seeing. I mean, I, I don't, I really don't think he's like physically cooked. I mean, he's dunked twice in the last week. Like I think it still looks like Dame. I just think something is not De- there dealing
2: with a dealing with an ankle tweak.
1: Yeah. Amen. Also, Amen. also as well, he kind of reaggravated it against Utah. I think he had been dealing with it earlier. The numbers are kind of similar to that injury season a couple years ago. So I am hoping that you know playing in the fake game, but otherwise the All Star break maybe can be good for him just to take some time off. I've heard from Portland people that like Dame is not one who ever wants to miss games, so he may be playing through the ankle and who knows what else. He's taken a lot of contact and shots this year, so hopefully he can take. Some time around All Star, and then maybe come back a little refreshed as well. The Buck schedule these next couple of weeks. I also I kind of hope he gets a day off as well, just to kind of help with all this because they have they have back to back, back to backs at the end of this I week, think, early next week.
2: I think it, it's in an eighteen day stretch. They have four back to backs. Like we already did, we just did one of them.
3: Yeah,
1: or two of them. Uh there's been two, two since Jan twenty sixth. Yeah. So they have they have it's literally I think it's like what Friday, Saturday, and then they're off two days and then Monday, Tuesday or something.
2: Uh yeah, so they have a Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, back two to days, back that's it. Against the Wolves and the Hornets, and then a Monday, Tuesday back to back against the Nuggets and the Heat. Disgusting. Which is just horrible. This at least has they're all a at brutal, home. This has been a
1: brutal part of the schedule.
2: It is. It it truly has. But at least all four of those games are at home.
1: Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean Dame just has to be better. I mean, I, I I see so much like, you know, they're cooked, he's washed, he's not the guy, the trade is a loss, whatever. And and I understand why people have these strong reactions. I we just have so much history of Dame being awesome. He scored 70 points in a game last season, his numbers were incredible. For the whole last regular season, I don't think he looks like a significantly different player. I think sometimes he does look just to be a little like moving gingerly. I think he's taken a lot of contact and not gotten a lot of calls this year. The shooting has just not been good enough. I'm still just optimistic he's going to figure it out and pick it up because he's Damian Lillard. Like, this isn't, they didn't go get like Jalen Green, right? They didn't go get an unproven player and hope they got Dame. Like, I just think he's going to be Dame. I think he's going to figure it out. It's been a big adjustment. And I understand people are sick of weight. Way- I mean, I am too. I called the pod lame time. This has been very lame, but still I'm a believer that the talent is there, that this team will figure things out, starting first and foremost with Damian Lillard.
2: It's also this is not the time to judge the trade as well, because you, you don't get Damian Lillard to put up regular season wins. You get up uh, you get Damian Lillard to put up postseason wins. I mean, we we've had we've had the last couple like Drew Holiday was an all-star last season. In terms of like his regular season performance, and that's not how you want to judge a player. You judge a player based on their postseason performance, and not to just dog on Drew Holiday, but it's the the postseason. What was is what was the issue, not the regular season. So this is the regular season is not where you judge the Damian Lillard trade. It's the postseason. Very good point, Rohan. Um.
1: What else sticks out about this team and the players we will do a little trade deadline. We'll do some
0: Wisconsin herd stuff, but we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, actually, I actually have a I have a disconcerting stat. Let's hear it. So remember, the 21st I said night of September always, but also. Remember when I said people will use the Jay Crowder net rating against him from early in the year, even though it was really good, or he was really good. It was bad, but it, it wasn't his fault. From watching those games, I saw I saw a tweet to that regard, and I was gonna jump in and say, "Oh, I think it's really noisy because actually he was awesome in the first however many games and and just was on bad units." He has not been awesome since returning, and the number is the same, and I actually give credence to this one. In these seven games, I'll just use the seven. They're, they're all bad, but in the seven games post-Griffin, uh, in 161 minutes, the Bucks have a net rating of minus 12.6 with Jay Crowder on the court. They have just gotten killed. He has not shot in the ball well. He has shot in the ball a lot. He has shot the ball a lot. He has taken many, 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 many shots, made very, very, very few of them. Uh, and they are plus 14 when he is off. That is a, what is that, nearly 27 points per 100 possessions swing. And Jay Crowder off to on. Of course, second to only Bobby Portis, who is 30.2 swing from on to off, which means the Bucks are losing his minutes by 13 points per 100 possessions, blowing teams out. 17.2 net rating in all non-Bobby Portis minutes over the last seven games. I mean, it's striking. Pat Connor is dropping off a little bit of that. He's still minus 10 swing, minus 5.9 on, plus 5.2 off. We know the whole bench has been bad, and these numbers reflect that. But uh, Bobby is singularly at, at the
2: top with Crowder now right behind him. It's been tough. It's It's been really tough, and I, I'm— Glad you pointed out that it's just it seems like it's just a bench issue. Yeah. Is that uh, a lot of times you see these bench units and you see Jay Crowder out there with Bobby Portis, you see these these weird lineups and just anything any of these bench guys just doing anything is just a revelation. Like we'll talk about AJ Green in a little bit, but you see AJ Green come in and do something, you're like, Oh my god, oh this is oh my, what this is you can do this? Are like, they that's allowed. allowed? To, are they allowed to not just get blitzed right now? Yeah, it's it's crazy when a bench guy actually does something. But.
1: I will say this in the Utah game: Bobby and Jay were not on the bench unit. Pat in plus eleven, AJ Green plus three, Cameron Payne plus six. It's one game, mm-hmm. single game plus minus. Now, I'm sure all the people who do I've seen I see way too many like this player was this last night. How can this stand? Like you can't you can't feel that strongly on. But I'm sure all these accounts were like. The best one was Pat plus Pat 11? We just don't share anything from this game. We just can't share any stats from this game. Uh, but I do. It's like, you know, you put them with the good players and it's still a pretty bad result. Even though Bobby had an incredible game, still had a horrible plus-minus to get, probably all the fourth quarter. Um, but, yeah, it is. We need a refresh of this team.
2: The, the bench needs changing. It, it really does. Because it's just untenable. You have an entire, like, 50 games worth of sample up to this point. Yeah. Where you just see consistently the bench just getting killed, no matter what combination. Whether you want to just go to a an eight man rotation and just play uh, Jay, uh, Bobby, and, like, campaign, uh or Pat, one of yeah. those two. Or if you go to, like, a 10 man rotation, right? NC campaign slash Pat and then AJ Green in there. It's 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 just a lot of just consistent bad basketball, bad play. Just these guys getting killed out there, and it's untenable. It, it it really is untenable. You need some sort of injection of fresh talent or just talent.
1: Yeah, they they can be old at this point. I'm not I'm not picky anymore. Uh, just players who they're can already play. old. Yeah, Pat scored one point in 18 and a half minutes.
2: Incredible! One for four on free throws. Just, just incredible. You would think Pat Connaughton would be a good free throw shooting.
1: I think he, I think he has not twenty five percent level for his career. There's some listeners who are mad at me for Reagan on Pat too much. Listen, I like just need something to happen. He yeah, actually had yeah, a decent game against Utah. This isn't that game in particular. But like over the course of the I mean, just not enough things happening. You need to accomplish things. Need to do something. Not giving out the Tony Snell Legacy Award. Unfortunately, Tony Snell did not get signed before. I know. The deadline so that sucked. But um, AJ Green, though. This is like irresponsible to even share. But in the AJ in the post Adrian Griffin era, 33 total minutes. Bucks have a plus 13.8 net rating with A.J. Green on the court. They have played extremely well in A.J.'s minutes, capped off by getting a run against the Mavs. Doc's daughter, that's why I mentioned Callie Rivers-Curry. I don't know if that's what she actually goes by, but she was Callie Rivers, now she's Seth Curry's wife, Um, mentioned that A.J. Green can play. And then he played a lot the next game, so clearly impressing Doc Rivers' daughter is the way onto the rotation. Uh, A.J. Green in twenty, nearly 22 minutes. Yeah, did,
2: it, did it work for Seth Curry?
1: Um, I'd have to look it up. I would imagine Seth Curry played.
3: <laughs>
1: I know. It's just very funny. I know. Uh, well, this uh, – I'll leave it. Uh, Ten points for A.J. Green. Five rebounds, two fouls, no turnovers. Three for six from the field. All threes. Plus he knocked down his one free throw. And just looks very sound out there. Every time he gets run, you're just like, oh, actually, he just defended Jordan Clarkson extremely well and forced him to take the ball back out to the perimeter or forced a bad pass. And, oh, Colin Sexton, he kind of got – I actually thought there was going to be a steal in there too. I thought at one point he managed to swipe the ball away from Sexton on a drive, but contained drives very well, continues to be a good passer, had a beautiful – like corner pocket pick and roll pass to Robin Lopez of all people that, of course, did not end up rewarding him with an assist. Robin, 0 oh, for 2 in 4 minutes. He played 4 minutes in back-to-back games. Like, I, I don't want to talk about Robin Lopez anymore, but AJ Green. I will Green. say Doc
2: Rivers, Doc Rivers after the game was like, yeah, maybe I could have played Robin a little more. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe not, actually. Get back to him Brooke. Mean, hope everything's going well. I mean, I wouldn't have minded some more Robin Lopez in that Utah game.
1: When they put him in is when the first lead fell apart.
2: But it also fell apart without Robin Lopez. At That's least if, true. if if you get Robin Lopez in there, I'm telling you what man, he's he might be the best screen setter on the team. He probably is. That dude's that dude's wide.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, He's I I'm, I've never said he's not big. <laughs> that dude's a big dude. I I hope we never see him should, in the first three cutting. quarters.
2: He should, should try cutting his hair.
1: Yeah, what if it's weighing him down? There's a lot of it air resistance. Be.
2: It might be. Can you we got, can we
1: run a... the can we run the physics on that? Uh sure. Let me just do that real quick. You should you should present how much faster he could be just by cutting the hair. Both less weight and less wind resistance, less drag on his head. Clearly, it
2: works for Brooke. Yeah, maybe that's why Brooke's able to get back on defense. See, yeah. Uh, but uh, Robin Lopez, unfortunately, you know had had his his patented hook shot just just absolutely stuffed. Who was that? Kessler. Oh Kessler, my god. Yeah. Walker Ooh. Kessler, and it's like, oh my god. <laughs> if you can't do that, what is it? Isn't the
1: whole point of that shot that at least won't get blocked? That's like the whole reason you do that. It's supposed to yeah. be a not, a not blockable shot, and it was very blockable it when he was tried. Very Kessler.
2: blockable because he he had the release point like past his head. Yeah, like he brought it so far. He forward does shoot them kind
1: of weird, like that.
2: Like it's not a true hook shot. No, it, it's it's it, more of a. It's like, like a, a push shot. Yeah, it was he almost does sideways.
1: Yeah, it's oh, I'm messing up my camera focus here, but it's almost like a, like part of a. What's the thing when you throw the heavy thing? Shot put, it almost shot looks put. like it's part of a shot put or something,
2: it does a little bit, but hey, you know, maybe we're gonna see more Rolo if Brooke is out. Hope all is well with Brooke, yeah. Uh, but maybe I, I joked before the, the Mavs game, like, hey, maybe Doc's still getting to know the lay of the land, getting to know these players. Maybe he thought it's just Brooke, he's just wearing a wig
1: at least for four minutes each game. He did, he might and have he's like, that. oh,
2: wait, no, nope, that's wrong, no, no. Let's 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 get him out. Only two shots in four minutes. That
1: can't be Brook. That's what he would say.
2: <laughs> oh man, I want it to be tea
1: time so bad. I know. I thought he was really going to make the. I think his second shot was the three. I was like, oh, I think that looks It looks pretty good actually. But alas, alas, yeah. alas. All right, but AJ let's talk. Green. Sh- oh yeah, AJ AJ right. talk about yeah.
2: AJ, Green. AJ Green. AJ Green looks. He looks solid. It's nice to see bench players actually going out there and doing something. He'll put up shots for sure. He had an audacious heat check in that uh, in that Utah game that like a thirty footer that he put down, and it's just it, it's great to see. It's great to see people actually, you know, taking advantage of that GSPN bump.
1: Need Ty-Ty to get his opportunity. He's ready. Yeah, he let's go with the herd. We'll talk about it. Let's talk trades because we need it. I need it carnally. I have been counting down the amount of games I have to watch this version of the Bucs, and I'm so glad we're down. Well, actually, it's probably two. I mean, the, next, the Timberwolves game is after the deadline, but we're not going to see any moves. Is there the possibility for some addition by subtraction for that game? Absolutely there is, because there are players on this team who are just driving me crazy, Rohan. I will say, you know what would be a fun exercise? Real fast. We've done this before. Let's do the truncated circle of trust for game. Let's just okay. go down the. So Giannis, yes, we can. That's easy. I don't know if there's another for sure one after that. Dame, I'm going to say yes.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say he's yes. hurt
1: me, but I I believe still. I believe. I believe. Chris, for sure. Yep. People have been out. I don't, I don't care. He'll get. But you got to He's looked
2: really well. Uh, leading really good, leading
1: yeah. the NBA in mid-range field goal percentage. like That's
2: yeah, 50-something percent.
1: Yeah, 57, I think. it automatic.
2: Ridiculous.
1: And the three-point percentage is
2: rising, too. I don't think I have it in front of and me. And his but defensive play is trending upwards as well. They're using him to guard players on purpose sometimes. I'm always a little shocked like, when that happens. I'm like, you, oh, man, that's a decision. And it's like, yeah, good decision. It oh, kind of worked out. Uh, he's big. He's 6'9", isn't he? 6'8", six six eight? Eight, six eight, six eight. Like, I've been begging Chris to play like he's 6'8 for years now. Oh, well, yeah. So, like if The day Chris Middleton realizes he's 6'8 is the day it's over.
1: Dude, he's going to be like a center by the time he's 40. <laughs> Imagine Chris in the G League playing center at like 38. I can see it. I hope it doesn't come to that for him. Yeah, I, I just I
2: don't. It won't. No. Um. Chris. Chris is not going to go back and play in the G League.
1: No, I don't think so.
2: He's made. He's he's made so much money. He's made multiple All Star teams. Like, yeah. He, he's not going to do it.
1: I mean, there's other players who have done oh, who have had sure, similar 100%. careers and done that.
2: I I don't think Chris. Like will Kenneth be. Freed is absolutely killing it. Animal.
1: Yeah. Kind of a weird nickname. Anyway, we can't get Brook Lopez. I say yes. I say yes. He frustrates me with the shots. I think the defense looks really good now that they're playing a more functional defense. Just which basically for anyone who's wondering like what's the difference? And the defensive rating has been top 10 I believe since moving on from Griffin in that span. Uh they're just conservative. They're going under screens. They're they're kind of doing the KYP, know your personnel, know who to let shoot and who to not. But really they're just like taking away the rim again. And kind of taking away threes when they can from there, and it's working. Uh, if you can't score at the rim at all, it's hard to sustain good offense, and that's what's happening. Uh, Malik Beasley, I say yes for sure.
2: I say yes. More tempest. He's tepid. Been play- he's, be- he's been playing really well. I mean, it's tough to uh, it's tough for me to say yes to like a definitive yes for anyone outside of the core four.
1: I trust Malik
2: Beasley. I trust Malik gamer. Beasley too.
1: He is a gamer. He made Sexton flop after Sexton tried to taunt Giannis for an
2: offensive foul, which is like the lamest thing you can do. It, it's just like, have some self-respect, you know? Or self-awareness. Like, why are you taunting someone after elbowing them it's in a the guy, face?
1: It's a guy known for rocking a rat tail. I feel like we can't expect too much. <laughs> Former yeah. future Buck, Colin Sexton. Watch this space. Okay, so we've got a lot of yeses then in the starters.
2: That's it for me.
1: Not AJ Green. No. Yes. Yeah, I, ju- I just, haven't is, is it, is like just I haven't. is it is it just incomplete? It's incomplete like for we all the seen young guys. Enough. Incomplete for them. Him.
2: Yeah, we haven't.
1: You're seen not saying enough, no. You're not saying I'm out. You're just saying I can't trust them. Trust them.
2: Exactly. Exactly. I'm not gonna get a. Like those. Those are the only five that I'm trusting. Not TA. No, I can't. Again, incomplete. Wow. I trust TA enough to have this signed basketball. I was going right to say,
1: you, I, was, I can't believe you just didn't say yes. This is off-brand well, okay, for you. it's beautiful. It is. It's a great-looking card. What does it say on there? Does it put stats on there? Uh, No. <laughs> what it what it on the back. The, the, the stats on there? What does it say?
2: Uh, It's it's. it's is part it per, of it? Did it
1: put his per 48 minutes on there?
2: No, it says Thanasis Kumpo. with only eight available players, the shorthanded Hawks no. battled the Knicks no. down to the wire <laughs> on March 27th, 2021, at Kumpo was the driving force behind Milwaukee's valiant effort, as he scored a career-high 23 points, grabbed a career-high 10 rebounds, and dished a career-high 5 assists.
1: Does it say the score of the game? No. Oh, think- man. They did him so, dirt. I mean, I guess What's that's the best. with that? Like, no one was available to play, but the Nasus did in late March. Oh, uh, shout to out to the Nasus. Career highs. Career highs are career highs. Um, rank these players in order of how much you do trust them Pat Cotton and Bobby Portis, Cameron Payne, Jay Crowder.
2: Jay Crowder. Pat. Mm. Bobby Cam?
1: Oh, hmm. I'm going to shock the world.
2: You're going to say Pat first.
1: He's up there. <laughs> like, I I almost have him and Crowder tied right now. Crowder, obviously, I trust more on defense than any of the rest of these players. And that's probably why he's either first, he's or, number one, first or tied first for both of us. The offense, it's not to say he's just been like dumb. He's like taking all these step backs. Like, stop doing that. He's, he's at a quick trigger on his threes. And, like, that's fine if it's a catch and shoot. Like, he'll catch, dribble, go around a half. It's like, dude, Dame is right. I know Dame hasn't played that great. But it's like, come on, man. I wonder if that's the reason. Everyone's like, yeah, if he's not making it, why not? I'll shoot it. Dame's not, I saw Brooke take a step back with the game on the line. I'll do it, too. Um, I would say, yeah, it's probably, like, those two players very close for me, Crowder and Pat. I've been railing on Pat for not doing enough. Also, I just feel like the whole bench has sucked, so it's it's a low standard here. And I, I think he's mostly like he. What I, I'll say, Crowder than Pat. Here's the distinction: like when they ask Pat to guard a guard on the perimeter, it's just curtains. Like they they're just at the rim immediately. Like no resistance, they just go around him. It's the Maginot Line. Do you get that reference? No French French the French dug trenches at the start of World War Two. Thinking it was World War One, and the Germans just like went around them because they had they were fast, and it was just like right. that. The end of the war, like day one, they're like, "Oh, oh, well, all the guys are in the trenches. You're not going to go in the trenches." And they were like, "No, we're not. That that's Pat. He's his defense is a trench, and we are past that version of warfare, which is tough when you are playing five on five basketball." Mike Budenholzer's favorite thing.
2: Then I will say campaign. Then I will say Bobby Portis. What what Cam campaign showed that Bobby Portis hasn't? Again, this is semantics at this point because I don't really trust either of them. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, for me, I think,
1: and people will disagree with this, I'm sure, I think he actually hijacks the offense less. Cam will take like two or three shots in a three-minute period, and maybe it's just the function of the amount of minutes they play, and that's what's swaying me. I I think he's consistently actually had better games than Bobby and his good games like are like really overpowering for the Bucks when they do happen even though they're not as flashy as Bobby cuz again he doesn't play as much. I also think on the season he's like had a pretty good assist to turnover ratio, like his shot obviously has not consistently fallen after he led the league in shooting to start, but you look at on the whole he is averaging six points, 2.3 assists to 0.7 turnovers, so better than a three to one ratio, shooting 45% from the field, still hitting 40% from deep and 87% from free throw. They have barely lost his minutes on the whole as a season. I honestly still think like if the rest of the bench was better, that's a fine backup point guard for the Bucks, considering he's like just gotta be out there when Dame isn't out there, which is not very much of the games. I don't think he's been a huge issue. I know he's been frustrating to people. He's clearly had some bad games, but he's the backup point guard. Like, I think that makes a lot of sense. So, would I like to upgrade him to a def- Chris Dunn? For sure. It would be way
2: more helpful. But, Chris Dunn, get on the Bucks plane challenge.
1: You see him, like, yucking it up with Bobby? Do you think they were talking about, like, yo, we're going to get traded for each other next week?
2: He's trying to. They were trying to do a house swap like uh, yeah. Josh Hart and Larry Nance Jr. did.
1: Oh, they, they were probably teammates in Chicago? Was Chris Dunn Oh, Chris before? Dunn and
2: Bobby Portis. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, not those two. No, no, no. Okay. Chris Maybe? Dunn and Bobby Portis. That sounds right. Let me check really quickly.
1: I I just noticed those two in particular, and I was like, "What if they're laughing about the trade rumors?"
2: That would be that would be funny. So, fifteen to nineteen, and uh, they were teammates for a year and a half. Nailed it. Um
1: but let's talk trades.
2: Yeah, let's talk trades. Josh, who do you you want?
1: Who do you we we did our trust tiers? It's not good for the bench. It's not I don't trust Robin Lopez.
2: No. I mean I sorta do,
1: but I I don't know how, but I don't (laughs) want to unpack it right now. You know, I I get it. I get it. You're just like uh, I've I'm with one brother of a starter, I'll be with them all. Yeah. If the you Bucks know, had Justin, Holl- Justin Holiday years ago, you've been like, he's good, dude. Mm-hmm. Ignore 31% from three. He can hoop.
2: Yeah, exactly. Hey, Justin Holiday's has played with Steph Curry, you know?
1: <laughs> so is Marquise Chris. We'll get to him he later. Has, um, who, who, do I, you, who do you think the Bucks are going to get at the deadline?
2: One of the guys from the Nets.
1: Why do you sound so disappointed about that?
2: Because there are other options, you can get like, uh, and I, I fear, I fear they're gonna get like the wrong guy from the Nets. If there's anyone from the Nets I really want, it's Dennis Smith Jr. It's, it's probably Dennis Smith Jr.
1: I disagree on that. Would you rather you, you want Royce O'Neill? I would rather have Royce or DFS. Yeah, even knowing it'll cost more. So, to me, at this point, if you're like, oh, you could get this player, but Bobby has to go out in the deal, I'm like, okay, that's a that's a win-win.
2: Yeah, it works. I you know he played well bay. against
1: Utah. I'm sorry. Am I hating? Maybe. I The play has just been very bad. Or Pat. It's like, oh, it's like the difference between Robin Lopez or campaign going out and Bobby or Pat. I'm like, that's negligible. They just have played poorly all year. Yeah, I hate to perfect. say it. Would like for them to just turn it around. But if you can get a Dorian Fanny Smith or a Royce O'Neal, who I think both have played pretty well this season. Uh, I am all in. I'm waiting to deep dive until post move, so I I, I don't want to end up. It's like the draft. I don't want to research a ton of players and I don't take any of them. But
2: I just I I think they're gonna make a trade with the Nets. I don't think they're gonna get Dejounte Murray. I don't think they're gonna get Bruce Brown. I don't think they're gonna get Chris Dunn. I think Bruce
1: Brown's on the menu.
2: I think Bruce Brown's on the menu for sure. I just don't think they will. Should they? Maybe I'd like Bruce Brown on the team. I've
1: I've heard he's not necessarily a stopper. I don't. He's, know not necess- he's
2: He's more of a team defender.
1: Yeah, which maybe is just fine.
2: That's exactly like that's okay, especially if you have him and Jay Crowder. Yeah, that's fine. Like you take that.
1: Would you give up the Portland second and one of Marjon or Ajax or AJ Green?
2: If you have to outbid a team to get him, maybe. Are you getting anything else in the deal? What's the Ooh. salary? I mean, uh, well, it's, I mean, it's always probably yeah, Pat. It Pat. It has to be. Uh, I don't know. It, it depends on the context for me. I'd give out the Portland second for sure. I'd maybe yeah. give out your other second round pick instead of trying to give out one of uh, Marjack's if you can.
1: Yeah. I, I think the Raptors probably want the young guy. Who
2: knows? I mean, they got they got Jordan Wara now. They got their two.
1: I I saw a tweet from Raptors fan last night. It's like Jordan Wara should have played down the
2: stretch. I was like, oh, they're really in the dirt. Oh my god! No, yeah, I saw. Oh my god, that's horrible. It's like, man, I can't believe Jordan Wara is not in the healthy rotation. It's like I can, I can believe it. (laughs) Uh, uh, Let's not (laughs) let's not take for granted.
1: Let's not take for granted even this version of the Bucks, folks, because we could be having these conversations.
2: Yeah, we were like two years ago. <laughs> Not really. No. But we were always like, hey, is it, is it Jordan War time? For Jordan War, it was always Jordan War." Yeah, but he never we had think, the This question. is too much Jordan Warren time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I think you, if you can get Bruce Brown, you do it. I just, I don't think they will. I think there's going to be another team that outbids them because this is a team in the box who don't have a ton to really deal with. And there are other teams who have assets that are trying to gear up. For the postseason because it looks open like, uh, unfortunately, Joel Embiid is having uh, surgery for his torn meniscus and is gonna. There's no timetable really for his return, unfortunately. But the Sixers might be out of it, so there's there's just a window really. Like the the Knicks and the the Cavs, like these are two teams that are really really gunning for. The, if the Cavs win uh, tomorrow or today, excuse me, on Monday, they're second in the. East. Like, this is is a wide-open Eastern Conference.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know if the Cavs have the salary to get him. I think the Knicks are probably one of the more frightening ones with the Fournier expiring.
2: Hey, you know, the Knicks might just get LeBron, so who knows? Yeah, that would be pretty crazy, huh?
1: Julius Randle and Evan Fournier for LeBron. Yeah, who knows? Why would – like, just why would the Lakers –
2: to get something
1: if you would have overrated. to they'd have to throw in all the picks, dude. I'm not trading LeBron for Julius Randle and Evan Fournier. I'm not doing that. It, you, <laughs> you're, you're Leon Rose on the phone to me. You're like, but but Ty, if I'm like a GM, Rob Polanco, whatever. Uh he wants out. You have to respect his what no, I don't. I don't at all. I pay him $40 million a year. I'm not taking back Evan Fournier and Julius Randle for LeBron. Oh, he'd like to leave. that Leave in the summer. I don't care. Oh, you're not going to do anything this year. You know what? I'm not going to do anything with LeBron. I'm not going to not do anything with Evan Fournier, who you sent home for a year and a half. That's
2: fair. Hey, homecoming for Julius Randle.
1: Great. Great. Love. Can the- I can't wait to watch... Julius Randle and Anthony Davis, the most disgusting, sick basketball you could ever conceive of, That's with D'Angelo Russell theory. running the point. And that is Rui, a Rui at the three. Oh, this is awesome. That is a horrible game. <laughs> Despicable.
2: I uh, hope Julius Randle gets well seen with that dislocated shoulder. Yes, for sure. 100%. I uh, <laughs> hope I never have to watch
1: him play with an Anthony Davis or a uh, Giannis. Like, it's no. No, 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 Giannis. no, no. What? Just that kind of player. I just don't want to see him play with him. Yeah. I don't want him on the Bucks either. That's correct. Yeah, I mean, I don't either. I would take LeBron.
2: I'd take LeBron.
1: I would take LeBron for sure. How old can we get?
2: <laughs> hey, can the Bucs trade for LeBron? You're asking who, who are the Bucs going to get? They're going to yeah, get Yeah, LeBron. LeBron they should go get LeBron. Yeah, why not? Or just get
1: Anthony Davis and just teams will never score. You won't either, but that's okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Bucks won't score, but neither will the opponent. It's okay. And
1: one out of every three games where Anthony Davis is a mid-range assassin, they'll be really good. In the other two games, they'll win 85-80. to 80. Real hoops are back.
2: It'll be bad boys' Pistons basketball. Yeah, really it would be. Um, uh, who do you think the Bucks are going to get? Uh, I don't think it'll be
1: Tybalt. Because so I think there is uh some uh, neg- some negativity between uh and Doc Rivers. So we can scratch him off. I don't think it'll be Caruso. I think the Bulls are insane. And I I think they're just gonna hold until he walks, as is their their
2: way. Also I honestly appreciate it. Levine is out for the season now? Yep. Oh. Wow. They, they were probably gonna trade him to Detroit, and he was like, Yep, I'm having to. I will have season ending surgery instead of that. Oof, oofda. Um
1: the, one of the Nets guys makes sense. I, I don't know why they're doing this like we're not going to ever give up mikhail Bridges thing. You're bad. He's not a franchise player. He is a great guy. Every team would love to have him. I don't mean that. You cannot build I'll a team. i take Bridges. I would certainly take McHale. Don't even know. They're, they've they turned down six firsts from Houston. They are not trading Mikhail Bridges unless they, we send over Giannis. Uh, but one of the other Nets guys. We send over
2: Thanasis instead.
1: We could try it. Like the old uh, try-to-trade Zoran Dragic instead of Goran Dragic from the Suns.
2: The old Marshawn Dylan Brooks thing.
1: Oh, man. Oh, yeah, that's the best one. That actually broke down a trade. I thought Marshawn Brooks was going to be a good player, too. Didn't last in the league much longer than that trade mistake gate. I think one of the Nets guys is pretty likely. I'm not a big Dennis Smith Jr. guy just because I worry about some of these point guards where I'm like, is he going to do anything besides defend? I know we need defense. Hey, we'll take
2: that, <laughs> <laughs> he would take that. Kind I of? mean, I will take that. That dude. If you if you want to get like a, a like an equate Walmart brand stopper, it's Dennis Smith Jr.
1: Yeah, I suppose I, I would rather get him and a player who I'm like, okay, I think this player will always be useful in the playoffs, and that to me is like a Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney Smith, Bruce hey, Brown. I mean,
2: if you can get both of them, you know, if you can get a DFS plus Dennis Smith Jr., that'd be cool. I think.
1: DFS and Royce would make a lot of sense as a package. The Nets don't value that highly because those are the oldest. Or Dennis Jr. isn't that old, but I think he's an expiring deal. Royce is older than DFS. Yeah. So it's like, you know, Pat or Bobby and some other low salaried player and a a second round pick. Like, is is Brooklyn going to do much better? Probably not. I've seen the reported asking price of Royce O'Neal as second round picks which means it's probably like one second-round pick. They always report these things as higher than actual. Just like DFS is like one first, which really means like whatever picks we can get, honestly, and most likely. Um, so one of those two, whichever they like more out of Royce and, and DFS, I'm not real picky between the two of them, frankly. Um, that would be fine. I think I would like Bruce Brown a little better because I think he is probably a no-doubt starter, and I, I really am interested in the idea of like
2: Is he a no doubt starter?
1: I think probably. Is he? I think he's a much better fit for what they need than Bees, even if Bees is having a
2: great season. That's fair. That's fair, and, and if, we've talked at we've talked at length before about how moving bees to the bench is probably it, it helps the bench. Yeah, and it might help the starters if you get a Bruce Brown.
1: That that's my thing. So I, I would really like like if you get Royce, like it, Royce O'Neill to me is not a guy who it's like oh he's for sure gonna come in and start. I mean maybe if he hits the also, ground and plays well. Bruce
2: Brown is not a starter and wasn't an in Indy.
1: Yeah, I'm okay. I, I think he's got a better shot. We'll see. We'll see. Um DeJounte it feels a little unlikely. It it feels it feels very unlikely. I think it feels a little I would say 40% chance.
2: Forty's high.
1: I again I just go back to the Hawks are poor slash broke boy mentality. Who else is trading for him? I don't uh, think the Lakers. Lakers are. I don't think they are. Yeah. I mean LeBron is over here like kinda saying he wants to go trade to the Knicks. Why are you giving up two first round picks to get Dejounte Murray instead of D'Angelo Russell on the team?
2: I think it's instead of Austin Reeves at this point.
1: Same question. <laughs> like that—that—that's—that's that's making or breaking your world if you're the Lakers and you're just bad. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is.
2: I, maybe you're uh, setting yourself up for a post-LeBron world. Get a good young player. Fair.
1: I. I. I they. They. They are a team to me. That uh, sits on their hands a lot more than I probably would have with LeBron on the
2: team. Maybe they're going to try and undo that
1: now with they a bunch of late moves. They we're like,
2: let's do a 2011 Mavs. And, oh, they were like, let's get rid of all
1: the players who helped and just have no spacing for four years. And somehow it hasn't worked out, shockingly. Uh, outside of them, though, I don't really know who else would really trade for it. Maybe the Pistons or the Spurs or like some bad team. I don't know. Maybe it's Pistons unlikely.
2: aren't going to get Zach Levine. Unless Troy Weaver just does a... <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you know what? We'll trade for him anyway. Price is even <laughs> lower. I wouldn't shock me at this point.
1: Levine just tweets the gift of the guy pretending to drink bleach and jump off of a, of a balcony. He might actually do it after getting season-ending knee surgery. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, would, I would still go crazy. I saw. I think Andy Herman, host of the Packaday podcast, tweeted a fake trade that the Bucks got back Kelly O'Linick and Chris Dunn and traded whatever, I forget what they like Bobby and Marjon and and a second, which felt a little rich to me, but some variation like Kelly Olinick would be a pretty good backup big on this team.
2: I don't want Kelly
1: Olenek. Man. I get people hate Kelly Olinick. What he actually does on the court would be helpful.
2: I know, but I hate Kelly
1: Olinick. I think they get Kelly Olinick and Chris Dunn and they go on like a ten and one run
2: as they despicable
1: might. as that sounds
2: he might it'll be like it, it it'll cost you some points with the basketball gods though
1: for sure but it have they ever really it. smiled on us outside of 2011 or 2021 no
2: 2011. <laughs> the basketball guys were not shocking <laughs> on the bucks in 2011 uh that's for sure no uh i'd say in 2021 yeah but i mean even like the like in terms of like John Horst's ability to go make trades. I'd say the basketball gods. That's not basketball
1: guy. That's gumption. Basketball gods is like inexplicable stuff.
2: Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Giannis, uh, getting up from every time he goes down. I'd say that's yeah. Pretty good I think they guys.
1: smiled once in 2013, but it was so bright that it's still resonating on Giannis.
2: They're like, okay, we need to, we need to. Yeah, that that
1: was else. for that was for twenty twenty thirty years of suck, and we really needed that was it, for to be 2011. Honest. Yeah. Um, I really I don't know. It's. I feel like it's probably going to be someone we're not even thinking of at this point. I really do.
2: Larry Nance Jr.
1: I, if there's a defender coming back as well, if Dyson Daniels is on the way too, maybe. A player who I know very little about, but it I does seem like say, a scrappy <laughs> defender.
2: It's uh, probably not going to be Dyson Daniels.
1: I'd be pretty surprised, yeah. But the Pelicans uh, are weird.
2: I don't know if you really want to get Dice
0: Daniels.
2: If you're talking about a guy, like a defensive guy, who's not going to do a lot else, like just go get Dice I'm not Jr. calling
1: out. Yeah, I'm not. I just meant in a deal with Larry Nance. I, I think they need to get two players at this point is the difficulty. Yeah, they probably do need to get two Or players. trade two for one and sign my guy Big Biz. But I, I would like to upgrade Bench Big. Big Biz MacBiombo. And I would like to put a player.
2: He's waiting.
3: He's, waiting He's ready. Trade to them.
1: He's ready. He's ready.
2: Or maybe he's just washed.
1: No. No? You refuse to even let me pull up biz let me let's pull up biz stats. Let's see what he was let's see what he was <laughs> doing this year. Let's silence the bismack Biombo disrespect. I've had enough yeah, let's of it. Do it. Let's see. Big biz. Thirty games, twenty seven starts, five point two points. Ooh. Bigger than Pat. Six point four rebounds. Ooh. 1.7 assists, uh 1.3 turnovers. That's positive. 1.7 assists is. is a big number for a big guy.
2: It is, but also 1.3 turnovers is also big. For a big that's that's guy. one
1: one stone hand per game and then one bad pass every 3 games. That's what that's what that is. Uh 1.1 1. 1 blocks per game at age okay. 31 for Big Biz. 50 he's only 31 Excuse yes. me? Well, bro, that'd have that 40. No, no. That dude's at least. He's 31 40. and a half. He's 31 about? and a half. VM,
2: There's no shot. 31 that he's and not a half 30. years old. I, no I'm not weighing
1: in. I'm not he came in the league at 19, Rohan. Oh my
2: god, that
1: dude is 40. You 56% from the
2: field. Let's see. Let, let so, me pull up I his split by So range. much older. I thought he was so much older. Uh, That's I, crazy.
1: I'm um, just gonna leave that alone. He is shooting seventy-two percent.
2: He's only six eight.
1: Yes. He gets it done though. He's shooting seventy-two percent from zero to three feet, forty-one percent from three to ten feet. No other makes anywhere else on the court. That's all we need.
0: <gasps>
1: uh, I don't need to pull up the Finassa stats from the last No oh, God. He it probably has made he has made more shots this year than TA in his career, I think.
2: Don't say that, man. I just got this basketball card. <laughs> you love that card. Let's I love looking. Maybe 67.
1: No, TA's probably made more than 67. It's so pretty.
2: For those listening, uh, you know, describe the colors. The
1: Whoa, my tab went crazy here. Um, no. TA's tripled him up this year to his career. We're good. Okay. Coming up on 200 made field goals for Thanasis.
2: Let's go. Let's get some more in there. Uh,
1: we might be on the way trade deadline day if if the Bucks are as active as we think. Uh, is there anyone off the wall that you've been thinking about?
2: I'm trying to think a team. the The problem is is that there's just so many teams that are in it. There's not a lot of sellers at the trade deadline nowadays. There's just not a ton. You you like maybe I don't know if there's anyone from the Hornets who would make sense. I don't know if there's anything anyone anyone from Washington that'll make sense.
1: Well, well, Kyle dude, you're expensive. such a you're such a Delon Wright hater. I can't even have the conversation with you.
2: I'm just so out on Delon Wright. If Delon, like Is it just cuz of if, past years? Yes. If the Bucks trade for Delon Wright, will you say it's a successful trade deadline?
1: I'll say it's underwhelming, but I'm open to see how it works. He's having a pretty bad year.
2: Yeah, on the Wizards.
1: He's shooting 38% from the field but 37% from 3 and only about a third of his shots are threes. So that is not good for his two point percentage.
2: No, it is
1: not good. But at he all. had a rocket a 2.8 to 0.4 assist to turnover per game. That's We'll take that. That's yeah, crazy. That is a crazy number. But you got to knock down some twos at some point. I'm getting. I'm getting DJ Augustine now. Although I think Talan writes. He's, still, he's okay,
2: shooting. He's shooting 39.2 percent on twos. By the way, pretty bad. Probably just a lot of lot of long twos. Hopefully not
1: too many at the rim. But uh, if he can defend well, I think it would help. But no, I'd be pretty underwhelmed by that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's just there's there's not a lot of teams that are going to be selling. Like, do you want anyone from the pit? Do you want Killian Hayes? Because he's apparently yeah, so- requested to trade.
1: No, I don't want Killian Hayes' roll,
2: huh? Exactly. Like, do you want anyone from the Pistons?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, Alec, oh, Burks, yeah? Alec Burks is like a live NBA player, a fourth of the games, and then horrible for the rest. Bogey? No. The last thing the Bucks need to get older and slower.
2: For sure. Worst like, defensively. If, you if you don't want anyone from the Pistons, no one from the Wizards, besides DeLon right? no one from the Hornets, Raptors, Bruce Brown, we talked about Nets, we talked about their guys. Those are the only teams not in the play in the East. Those are the only teams not going to be selling.
1: I I heard a um, DeAndre Hunter rumor.
2: I I saw that as well. That's pretty interesting. That. I'd be I'd be interested, but also underwhelmed. I uh, oh, would not body? be
1: underwhelmed if they Rock. get. You, you'd be underwhelmed if they got DeAndre Hunter.
2: A little bit. Wow. A little bit.
1: I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty whelmed at that. I mean, he's not exactly what we're looking for, but he's like a very productive, t- it's just the injury concern, is, which is why he's yeah. available.
4: But, I mean, you
2: take a, you, you take a, like a, a young player. A 26 a year old
1: player. wing would probably look a lot better between, you know, Giannis, Chris and Dame than he has over in Atlanta, which is true for a lot of players.
2: I mean, sure. I guess i I guess I'd be I guess I'd be happy with throw throwing,
1: throwing West or AJ Griffin in the trade. That'd be oh hilarious if the trade get, for AJ Griffin now
2: get <laughs> really. <laughs> that'd be really funny. Uh, get West Matthews back, please. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I guess I'd be okay with that. What about like Bogdan?
1: It's. It sounds like they really don't want to trade him. And like, I like, like he helps you for sure. I don't
2: think. He, I don't think he you need him, really? You have like a light version of Bogdan and Malik Beasley.
1: Yeah, it's just you just like supercharging your offense, which isn't the worst
2: idea. It's Marcus not Marcus
1: Smart but, Marcus Smart they've been sniffing around,
2: but they've been turned down apparently by the Grizzlies. 4 days to go. A lot of yeah. time. He's also hurt. Yep. That's, which might uh drive his cost down, but also you you don't want to trade for a player who's hurt. It's
1: risky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that would be probably the player who we've talked about that would be the most exciting just in terms of fit when they are available.
2: He would exactly what they need. The exact player you'd want to slot
1: in between Damon and
2: Chris. Healthy Marcus Smart starting on this team would be just perfect. Yeah. Something else. I would have to eat so much crow on Marcus Smart. I mean, I don't we, care.
1: we obviously don't trust him as like an offensive weapon necessarily, but still like a, a bench ball handler as well. Like not bench, but like a second unit ball handler as well when you're staggering. Like Smart and Chris could probably combine for some pretty fun sets, which is like Smart getting him in position.
2: Yeah. That'd be so good.
1: That I'd probably be the most excited about that, even if it was the riskiest move.
2: It's very, that's the thing. It's very, very risky. And I don't think this team is going to take that Big of Sounds like rate. they want to. It's true. Maybe they're trying to get in on a low pump, low price.
1: Yeah. Well, they kind of by they kind of are by default because that's what they've got. <laughs> low price even for them though. Yeah. Jayshon Tate. No. It's just like a guy that exists to me. He he hasn't progressed as well as we I just hope he's just like a a wing player in. who exists and people are like oh my god Jayshon Tate it's like okay
2: because he he was he was like a revelation like two years ago.
1: Yeah, which but but revelation in this sense means like oh, he's probably a real NBA player on a garbage team. And then like yeah. that excitement gets carried over to like inflate to something he's not. Yeah, shooting 29% from 3 this year and barely taking any. I, I think we're good.
2: I'm fine.
1: Reggie Black. I mean <laughs> no.
2: No, we're not we're not that far of
1: the weeds Ty. No, we're not. Can you get Aaron Holiday from Houston? Probably See, not. What? He's having a pretty good year, actually.
2: I know, but, like, do you need an Aaron Holiday?
1: He can, he's a pretty good guard defender, isn't
2: he? I guess, but, like, do you, you want a bigger defender than Aaron Holiday. Like, if you're yeah, again, if you're going to go get a cheap, like, small defender, go get Dennis You're Smith. going
1: to say, yeah, Dennis Smith
2: Jr., Dennis Smith Jr. You get a, by, well, can I, get I get not it? have a guy? You've been talking you about this for, like, a year and a half. Can I not have it's, a guy? It's
1: very relevant. He's right there. He's <laughs> waiting for the call. What about other it's Bulls? It's like Dennis
2: Smith Jr., we're talking I, about biz when he was on the, the Suns.
1: I was right to do so. Io DeSumo, I understand well. I just said like, yeah, I don't, don't know enough. That's the Javon Carter having a pretty bad year.
2: Not not the best year for Javon. Which I mean, I mean I, low low
1: price of entry.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: Like, I mean, I, wouldn't, what, what I if, wouldn't hate it. What
1: if it was like, let's say Pat and. I don't know. Campaign, probably campaign would make sense for Tory Craig and Javon Carter.
2: The Tory Craig revival tour. Um, so yeah, it's like just two helpful,
1: defensive-minded bench players. I mean, like you're maybe throwing. I would, I would try to just not even throw in a second round pick. To be honest, I think that the pitch there is like, we'll take this Javon Carter contract you clearly already regret because he's fourth or fifth in line and point cards on your team because your roster makes no sense. And you're cheap and you're stuck with Zach Levine for at least another year now. Like that so I, I I think that to me is like can if that if that is in conjunction with another move. Like, okay, can you do that and then trade Bobby in a second for a Royce O'Neal or Dorian Finney Smith? And then it's like we just have a whole new bench group now. Yeah, maybe. That fills more needs. You're not maybe. you're not loving that?
2: Javon and Tori Craig? Not a ton. No. But, I mean, I'd take it at this point. This bench just needs something. They need to. I, I,
1: I think if that's your big trade, it's underwhelming. I do think it would help.
2: I think it would help too. If it's like a secondary move, I wouldn't be horribly upset at it. Yeah. Do you want uh, Onurelp Batim? Do I want what? <laughs>
1: this is a, a, a real player for the Chicago Bulls this year. Who? I don't know. Not 79 Drill. 78 Drill. Someone drill. One of those two, po- two ways. Uh, let me look at Brooklyn stats here. People have mentioned Lonnie Walker, the fourth on a minimum. Yeah, it's just like I've a playable been, wing, having a really 43% from deep this year.
2: I wanted him instead of Jingles last year. It would have been nice.
3: DFS I'm is 38% you, right about that.
1: from three. Royce O'Neill is 34% from three. Yeah. I. I wish his contract was half the amount. I'm not not entirely interested in a buy low on Dinwiddie, but at $20 million, a guy who is shooting 32% from three and 39% from A, t-
2: a player who has been rumored to actively be on strike is just – Also, nuts.
1: yeah, that also that,
2: yeah. You ever just play so bad that your team thinks you're on strike? <laughs> <laughs> just,
1: I can't say that I have personally.
2: Let's just not trade for that guy. How about that? That's pretty
1: fair. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., of course, I'll, like uh, kind of shocked he takes two threes a game, but 26.7% from deep.
2: Hey, you, you win some battles. I now, think
1: so. this, to me, is like a deadline that makes sense to make a, a volume play. If there's ever been one, this is a deadline where it's like, let's move three players out and bring three players in, even if none of them individually are as exciting as a Jay Crowder or a PJ Tucker. I think it could still work out. But you got to do, do a, something.
2: Let's do a 20, what year was that, 18, 17 Cavs? Oh, yeah. they just like, they're like yeah, our team kind of sucks. Let's just redo it. <laughs> let's redo the whole I think it was 2018.
1: <laughs> 2017, they were actually really good. I think it was 2018. Yes. Yes. When yeah, When yeah. they had that like D-Wade, so D-Wade and they're like, yeah, this isn't working. Let's get rid of him. And that was back a crazy year. Right. Yeah.
2: That was a crazy year. They go uh, trade Isaiah Thomas to the Lakers. And then Larry still Nance? make the finals. Larry Nance Jr. Is that the key? Yeah. Hey, we'll get a we'll get that weird BR edit of him turning into Patrick Starr after dunking on someone. So.
1: How do you feel about the double prove it trade of Bobby for Grant Williams? No, oh, I would do that. I would be you locked would? in. Oh yeah, I would do that for sure.
2: Grant Williams is just he he hasn't been the same in two years.
1: In what sense?
2: Like, he just hasn't been, like, a solid defender. He's not yeah. hitting his shots nearly as well.
1: I'm 37% from three. I've seen worse on the bucks. He's,
2: that's fair. That's fair. It's a low bar. You're right. I would like
1: to sneak into a Josh Green. I don't know if they would actually trade him. I don't know what they're I doing. I don't
2: know. They probably wouldn't.
1: They have, like, three guys who are sub 10, 5, and 2 assists or something in big minutes, and they're rumored to be interested in another one, Dorian Finney-Smith. I saw, I think it was Kirk Henderson, who was like, they're assembling the Voltron of mid. (laughs) (laughs) And Josh Green was on this. I was like, oh, is he available? I'll take some mid. Voltron of mid. It's hilarious. (laughs) I've always been a Rashawn Holmes guy, but that really has nothing to do with anything.
2: Yeah, I just, it's so, the rest of the field, outside the main guys we've talked about, like, for the last month, month and a half, two Yeah, It's just so mid. It's so underwhelming, like, well, the rest of the game.
1: Would you, would you do Bobby and Pat and, like, whatever other salary for Andrew Wiggins? No. Another double-prove-it? No. I would be interested in that's that. That's not
2: what the team needs.
1: I would definitely not do the Brooker-Chris versions I've seen people throw around. I would I would be open to that one just because I'm just, like, ready to just try something with the bench. But that's a huge co- – I mean, the, the thing about that is, like – can you turn him around into another player because that contract is pretty big later and he, he at least is productive, maybe? I don't know. It's going to be a just, weird deadline.
2: It's not really what the team needs. But what, yeah, do you it th- is what do you
1: think change. out of all this stuff? What's the home run? Like, what are you like, oh my God, they did that.
2: Bruce Brown and Dennis Smith Jr. Oh, okay. I think that's a solid, that's a solid pickup. Those are solid pickups for the Bucks. Yeah, you turn Bruce Brown into a starter. You move Malik Beasley to the bench. You get your point guard defender. You get your just like versatile defender. I think it's a win. Oh,
1: one well, guy we haven't talked about: Chris Dunn.
2: Chris Dunn. Chris yeah.
1: Dunn for me. I think Chris Dunn is one of
2: the Chris best Dunn players on his such, own?
1: Probably strictly a bench player. Well, that's that's the issue with that. Because I would like a another player as well. Like, can you send out three guys and get back Chris Dunn and Dorian Finney-Smith or something?
2: That'd be a win. That'd be a win. I think then
1: it's... And then, of course, you know, open up the roster spot for Big Biz. (laughs) You got to.
2: You have to get Big Biz.
1: (laughs) Or could add one of the three talented big men on the Wisconsin herd. Rohan and I covered the game Saturday night. And I, I will say there were more... Uh, front office personnel at the game before that than usual. Marquise Chris's debut, and I think I still, still seem like the Knicks had a couple guys sitting uh, courtside across from us over there on the on the edge too. But we saw the herd win one twenty eight one twenty. Marquise Chris's second game uh, playing after getting picked up after making a long recovery from a devastating knee injury. Game one, I was like, oh, he's calling for the ball a lot. Like I don't know if this is going to be very good. Game two, you kept saying, hey, that's an NBA player out there. Like, you can tell. He looks it. So, uh, real quick, uh, Chris was 5 for 12 from the field, had 10.7 rebounds, three offensive, plus two assists. Did have three turnovers. But what were your impressions from, again, still like a rusty getting back. Like, he had not practiced with the team before his first game. He just kind of showed up and played two games. What were your impressions of Marquis Chris up close?
2: It was, it, it's it's so fun when I, I'm able to get up and go to Wisconsin Herd games and just, just watch, the, you know, good basketball. But you, you can see, you can see when a guy stands out. You can really see when a guy stands out compared to the, the other other players in, in the G League. The one guy previously who had stood out, again, for different reasons. You can stand out for multiple reasons. Uh, Ibu Baji was a guy who mm. really stood out. Like, you can tell, like, yeah, that guy's going to get called up immediately because he's yeah. massive. Uh, <laughs> he's got, like,
1: five blocks, five
2: fouls. Like, he's all over the place. Ten and rebounds just in three minutes. Immediately gets called up to the Portland Trailblazers. Twice.
3: Immediately.
2: Yeah. And you, you can tell. Marquise Chris is another guy. It's like, yeah, that dude has played a lot of high-level basketball. One, you can tell like, he's just an athlete. He looks like an NBA player. In terms of his physique, the way he moves around, like he he plays basketball in a way that you can just tell just by watching him play. Like, yeah, that dude belongs in the NBA in terms of his athleticism, in terms of the way he moves, the way he navigates, the way he actually plays basketball.
1: For a player coming off a devastating knee injury, Ben Oudra told me on Thursday, like the doctors told Chris, he might never be able to play again. Coming off that, off all that rust, two games in. He just, like, got up and down the court. It looked like it was jogging for him just faster than all the other bigs in the game. Like, that to me, I was like, oh, my God. Like, he really is, like, moving very well. Like, it was an effortless way. But I was like, wow, he's pretty quick. Like, you can tell why he was drafted in as, like, a, like a four explosive dunk contesty kind of guy and really has become, I think, a small ball five for sure. But some of that athleticism is still in there.
2: For sure. You can see he's calling for lobs anytime he has yeah. a breadth of space. He's just like point, pointing up like, hey, if you throw it up, I'm probably going to be able to go up and get it. Like, yeah, he, He's that type of guy. But yeah, the quickness, just the just the lateral quickness. And it's also com- it, as well as the up and down, just sort of quickness. You can see, yeah, that dude, one, worked really, really hard to get yeah. where he is now to be able to play basketball again. And two is just belongs in like he just belongs. He looks like he belongs. He plays like he belongs. Like the stats won't really tell the entire story. Yeah. It's just the way he moves. It's like, yeah, that dude's played a lot of high level basketball and will continue to play a lot of high level basketball.
1: I uh, do you think he, he is up with there with any herd player in terms of getting a, a call up the rest of the season? Of course, played a long time in the NBA is not uh, two-way eligible, which also affects Wendy and Gabriel, who did not have a great game uh, against the Knicks. This was a Westchester Knicks game we watched on Saturday and did hurt himself during the game. He fell directly on his like tailbone. tailbone uh, yeah. a, a, a player drew a charge against him, which, again, banned the charge for the billionth time, but has had a very strong season overall, can kind of defend the rim and the perimeter, has shot the ball well this season, and has scored inside effectively. Also, Marquis Bolden, the other... Marquise Marquise on the team had a really good game. Didn't it? Didn't come Career up much. We yeah, we didn't interview him, but twenty-five points, seventeen rebounds, four assists, two blocks. No longer a Bucks two-way player, of course, but the herd then acquired his rights, and he's still playing with the herd. He's had some really nice games as well. I think he's working on his touch around the basket, which has been touch and go uh to be punny for a bit this year. But this was a very nice game where he looked like a, an NBA caliber big man as well. But ooh. Career high as well. Off the bench, Alex Tedekumpo, 23 points, three rebounds, two assists, and a block. Eight for 12 from the field, three for six from deep. Alex could not miss early and kept up the scoring as the game went on. That was a very fun game to watch. And uh, it was really cool to talk to Alex about it. afterward. We also interviewed Tati Washington Jr. and um, Marquise Chris. But that was a fun game to watch. And you could tell like the crowd was getting super into it the whole game. But certainly when Alex was playing well, I think it just excites everyone watching.
2: Yeah, it really does. It, it was fun early on. We were talking while the game was going on, like, yeah, about Alex. And like, oh, his shot hasn't really been there. And then he knocks down his first three. Then he knocks down another yeah. three. And then he knocks down another three. And we're like, oh, my okay. God, what is happening? I guess it's back. Yes, I guess it's back. But, uh, yeah, we were joking around during warm-ups like, ooh, uh, maybe there's some other stuff. But, um, yeah, it it was very very impressive to see Alex really put on that type of performance and say, yeah, maybe this dude like the potential is there. It's just it's all about like getting getting to that point, you know, working on his game as he talks about in uh in the interview we do with him. But it's just it, it's fun to see him sort of scratch that level of potential that we know and Giannis is detailed at length, but that he has.
1: Yeah, it 100% is. So I'll be keeping and you as well. I think we'll be catching some more herd games this season. Be keeping a close eye on how Alex plays the rest of the way. it would certainly be an awesome story if he is able to, you know, get a 10 day or a two way, whether it's with the Bucks or someone else and, you know, continue this evolution here. Uh, and then Ty Washington, who has, I think, had just a really good season for the, the herd, has some flashes pretty much every game where you're just like, oh, he has just a very good feel for the game and a lot of important tools for any point guard there Even was though- a
2: there was a play in the game where I, we you referenced this uh when we talked to him but just where he just crosses a guy up uh gets the screen with marquis bolden and just gets uh, like a hint of an advantage just perfect bounce pass to bolden for an and one dunk and it's like oh yeah that guy knows how to navigate his. yeah
1: for how young he is, still, I mean, came out young. His only, this is only his second pro season. Uh, shows a lot of seasoning as a guard, which I'm I'm still very high on Tai Tai for as as a, his career potential. Uh, 14 points, eight assists. He had 10, I think, in the two games before that. He's on an assist tear, two rebounds and a steal, only two turnovers. He was one for six from deep, so basically his three point shot wasn't falling. But also was five for seven from two, so really effective within the arc, and just a good overall team game, second on the team plus minus with a plus fifteen as well, so yeah, it was great catching up with Ty Ty still didn't play as much. he is coming back from the um from a groin injury, but overall had a a good game again, and it was great catching up with him as well, so yeah, and Rohan, do you have? Anything else to for us to talk about here before we throw to these three interviews we got to conduct with those players after the herd game?
2: No, I think uh, I think we can we can get into our conversations with Alex Ty Tai Washington Jr., and uh, Marquise Chris.
1: Alex, congratulations on the career high tonight. You provided a tremendous scoring boost off the bench. You know, what do you feel went right for you in this game?
4: Oh, I'm just confidence, confidence booster. Obviously, I was able to get in there and knock down my first couple shots. And obviously, my teammates keep encouraging me to keep being able to, you know what I'm saying, keep telling me to shoot the ball, you know, so uh, I feel like just getting back in rhythm. That's all it is. Yeah, you guys
1: were a little short-handed with only eight available I think everyone scored in double digits felt like everyone provided big boosts at different points in the game you know what does that game feel like now looking back and during the game just knowing you know it's a it's a smaller group of players but everyone is really contributing
4: yeah yeah I'll tell you like we're fortunate enough to have guys that have played in the NBA and have a good enough experience and they're able to pretty much get us together and kind of work as a glue to be able to like, to uh, kind of get these get, get these get this job done you know when we have we handed short- Hand and we don't have a lot of guys. You mentioned you knocked down a couple shots early. How big is that for you, both in terms of
1: just your confidence shooting, as well as maybe opening up the floor, so you have you know more ability to drive
4: later on, get the closeouts a little harder, that sort of thing. Obviously, you know I've been I've been that's something that I've stressed. With, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, being able to improve my shooting and become more of a threat from the three point line and be able to stretch the floor. I feel like obviously my game is a lot like physical, a lot going downhill. As, most people tell, but I think when I'm able to uh, make shots, it just opens up a whole different game for me going out here.
1: Absolutely. You know, this season, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, you became the herd all time leader in games played. You know, you have spent a lot of time here, a lot of games in front of these fans and with a lot of great players. You know, what does it mean to you to suit up, represent the Wisconsin herd, the Bucks organization, and play games for this team?
4: It's amazing. It's amazing. I think uh, I've loved to, to be here. Um, obviously, I've been able to be close to, to, to my family and be able to represent the city that kind of. I was raised
1: there, so. Absolutely. And I just wanted to ask, you know, in your opinion, how do you feel like your game has come along this year? Obviously, tonight was really, you know, a high point in, in the season, and again, a career high in scoring. But how do you kind of, when
4: you evaluate yourself in your game, how do you feel like, you know, you're performing right now? I'd say that um, I'm able to kind of, you know, keep improving. Keep improving. Obviously, I. Am. When I first, I think when I first put on this Harris jersey, I had a, a a lot a lot of holes in my game, and I still do have a lot of holes in my game. But with my teammates and with my coach, with with my coaching staff, I'm able to kind of improve every year and be able to kind of feel more com- more, more comfortable out there and uh, be able to help the team win. And then, you know, got a little chippy at points in that game. You know, it was a
1: pretty pretty brutal, frank, flagrant foul on you. You knocked on the free throw. You know, does that added physicality
4: impact you at all, or just part of the game? Nah, man, uh, I play, obviously I play a physical game, you know, that's a... But well, my brothers, they always tell me, don't don't be scared of physicality, always go downhill, always go into everybody else's body. So I, I think I invite, I invite that contact. You know, obviously with my game, things are going to get chippy at times and it's, that's kind of inevitable to happen. So
1: yeah, I wanted to ask one about kind of you and your brothers. The production company was announced earlier this year. Just wanted, you know, your thoughts on that and if you're going to be involved at all and just how excited that you and, and
4: everyone in the family is to be able to have maybe more control over the stories of your family that are told. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, that's something the stuff that we've launched this year is kind of what we've been wanting to do for a while and I feel like this year we're going to have the motivation we got together to be able to launch stuff like this, launch the um, production company, launch the foundation, do do all this good stuff that we've been kind of putting off and been wanting to do for a while and being able to kind of tell our story the right way. Yeah, getting back to the game
2: it was a total team win everyone who played besides sure. scored in double digits do you feel like this team's cohesion is starting to get better and better as these games go one more on time. Go do on. you feel like this team's cohesion is starting to get better and better as these games go on or is it just something that you feel like has
4: been there It just of course it just came the course. Game. I thing I think this 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 type of win it was kind of like mm-hmm. it's kind of what the, our coaching staff kind of stressed you know for us to being able to share the ball and every, kinda everybody kind of everybody eat so I think was one of the most fun games and I feel as if um we're getting better and better at that. you know, obviously, I will tell you, this game, we probably could have took the, care of the ball a little bit more, but I think this is just a step in the right direction.
1: Thanks, Alex. Uh, great team win tonight, Ty-Ty. It seemed like, really, everyone had it going. I know you guys were a little short-handed, but I believe everyone who played scored in double figures. You know, what does it mean to have this kind of a game where you know, maybe a little chippy, very hard-fought win over the same team twice in a row. And, you know, you know you're down a few players, but really everyone steps up.
5: Yeah, it was just adversity. You know, like you said, we're down a couple guys. It's uh next-man-up mentality for us. I mean, we all, trying to, we all got the same common goal. We all got places we're trying to make it to. And the only way we can do that is we help each other make each other look good. So I feel like tonight was one of those games, like... You know, we got to get it out to one, like you said. Our basis of back to back, not a back to back, but the same team twice. Uh, you know, they're going to come playing way harder than what they played previous night, and what they did. We give credit to them; they played hard all the way to the final buzzer. But I just felt like for us, we just kept sharing the ball. I feel like at some point in the game, you know, we got passive, started making you know careless turnovers. But it's always good to have a game like that where you know everybody across the board is always eating. You know, more. Where you guys eat, you know everybody's happy. And one it takes care of everything, so we're just happy we got the win. Absolutely, I wanted to ask about one particular
1: part of the ball movement. Um, you working in the pick and roll with these bigs. It seems like the chemistry with all three of them. Even you know Marquise has only been here for two days now uh, or whatever. But you know there was like a play where you know you sidestep and then throw the the bounce pass with one hand in, and I don't even remember who it was. Maybe a Bolden, but yeah. he finished it with a dunk. Like, how do you feel like the pick and roll chemistry with all three of these guys is coming along for you?
5: Uh, you know, it came a long way from getting the season. Just uh, just come from. You know, us hanging each other off the court, on the court practice. You know, the more you are around someone, you know, the chemistry is gonna be there, and we we just started clicking at the right uh, moment. You know, our record not the best right now, so we're just really just trying to, you know, pile up a bunch of wins before All Star break to get us in better seating. And ball screening, you know, I feel like if i coming off the screen and drop, you know, I can get whatever I want at that point. So, you know, team try to mix it up. Whenever um, every day blitz, we know how to score out of that. So, you know, we've just been watching film together. Me, Winyan, Marquise, all of us have been watching film. Uh, Marquise Chris, you know, veteran that played six years in the league, so he knows how to play with step and stuff. So he knows how to play with good guards and knows when to slip screen and stuff like that. So him just coming down here, he's going to teach me a whole bunch of stuff. I wanted to ask about just him in particular and what it's been like. I know he just got
1: here I heard like right before the game on Thursday so yeah. that's got to be a pretty crazy turnaround for him but just playing with him so far it seems like you're already a fan. It felt like tonight you know first game kind of to get back into it mm-hmm. felt like tonight he fit in really well despite yeah, being a, such sure. a new herd teammate. Uh, for sure it's going to be real good
5: playing with him. Uh, it's going to be real good <laughs> with him on our team you know like I said he got NBA experience so whenever you have a guy like that and, you know he's a good locker room guy as well you know he's going to voice Opinion. He's gonna use that veteran leadership, so that's good for for us to have. You know, we got him, Glenn, Winion, but now we have like an actual strong voice that you know everybody's gonna to listen to. You know, he doesn't care what anybody thinks. He's gonna tell you if you're wrong or you're right. And you know, like I said, he played in the league, so he knows what it takes to be up there. He knows what NBA basketball looks like. So we're just pretty much thankful for him to be here and just gonna to listen to him. He's gonna help us uh, get to the next step. He's also another guy who certainly is presents himself
1: as a lob threat. A lot of the a lot of the points up. How fun is it to be able to pretty much all the time you're out there, you're playing
5: with someone who is excited to go up and try to, you know, slam down the, the oop. I nah, you know, having that having an option on our team is really, you know, good for us. He told me his first day here, he's like, I'm just gonna hold the screen and let you do whatever you do. He's like, you indecisive so you don't know what to do, just shoot it. I'll go up there and try to get a rebound. So just knowing if I don't have nothing, he's just pretty much telling me you either shoot it or just throw it as high as I can, he's gonna make a play on it. That's really good. I mean, like you said, every time he's rolling, you, everybody knows he's rolling for You, And if you just throw it up there and he get up, get a hand on it, you're going to duck it. Absolutely.
1: I wanted to ask, uh, I know you had missed a couple games with the injury and then kind of came off the bench on a minute's restriction. Just Was it a groin injury? And just how are you feeling? How's, how's the recovery from that going?
5: Um, my recovery, well, I feel 100%. Um, you know, I missed a game in Orlando, but we were on the road. I took care of all my rehab stuff out there. I've been practicing pretty well. You know, now... Just trying to get back in the groove, get my feedback under me, and, you know, I'm just excited to see where things go from here. Yeah, Coach said he
1: kind of gave you the option last game. You know, you could start, but it's going to be kind of an uneven minute, or you can come off the bench and then play longer stretches. Why was it important for you to, you know, say, I don't, I don't need to be, get the start tonight.
5: I'd rather get, you know, get into that game flow. Um, I mean, the last game we've had on the road it was a huge road one for us. Uh, I didn't play, so I just felt like you know that's momentum carrying it back. Uh, it's always good to come back home and play in front of our friends. So just carrying that momentum back here felt like it was my felt like it was no need for me to go out there and just try to do too much. Start the game out, you know. I feel like we could start the same uh, same way we did in Orlando and still be productive even when I'm just coming off the bench, you know, I can be with the second unit and just have that energy with them. You know, got to ask, I, I know you've been, you know, spending a lot of time
1: here with the Herd, but of course the Bucks make a coaching change, you know, bring in Doc Rivers. Just if you have, you know, any any thoughts on that, any any idea on, you know, if scheme or things like that will be changing or any conversations you've had?
2: Uh,
5: you know, I haven't really had no conversations. I mean, I talked to uh, with the, one of our coaches up there, you know, daily. Yeah. And he's just pretty much just keeping me in the loop. Uh, you know, he's watching all of our games, whenever they don't have games or whenever I'm not playing, I'm tuning into them he's sending me game clips from up there so he's just pretty much keeping me into the loop and you know I feel like as a professional in the position I'm in I got it it's my duty to make sure I'm knowing what's going on up there and down here so I pretty much feel like you know coach has been helping me doing that and you know I just stand like it I love watching basketball so keep watching good basketball.
4: Absolutely.
5: You talked earlier about uh, you as a as a
2: shot creator, as a playmaker. Is that something you try to balance as you go out there in this game, especially with this team, who's
5: uh, you know you're you're the lead traditional ball handler, traditional shot creator, playmaker. How does that really balance in your game? Um, I just go out there and play basketball. (laughs) And I'm kind of upset, you know, I didn't have 10 assists, I only had eight. I feel like I got cheated out of a couple of assists, but you know, I go out there and I just feel like my first mentality has always been my teammates involved. I feel like if I get them going and, you know, they see a couple shots going, that's just only going to uh, create more stuff for me, uh, especially in the pick and roll. I know if I can hit our big on, you know, pocket passes or the lob and let them create from there. I know this is gonna open up everything else, and once that happens, I can get downhill, live in the paint. Now I'm spraying out to corner threes. So it's just at that point of the game, whenever I'm doing that, that's just like you know I'm really having fun, and just I love seeing my teammates smile when you know whenever they score and stuff like that. So that's always like, huge.
2: Yeah, it's it's funny you mention that because it seemed like this was a it was a total team win, like I was talking about earlier. It's just like everyone who played scored in double figures. It seemed like the team had a total cohesion
5: about them. Yeah. is
2: that is that something you felt as well out there on the court?
5: Uh yeah, definitely. You know, like I said, at times I feel like we got overpassing. You know, we got a lot of good scores on this team. Uh, one of our best scores on the team, Elijah, he had 10 assists tonight. He was he was feening to get them 10 assists, you know, so he turned down a couple good looks. But that just goes to show, you know, like, we really don't care who has the most points at the end of the day. You know, we at the end of the day, we want to win, and we be trying to win his style with a little bit. Well, congrats on the win. Thank you. Thank
1: you. One more, actually, Ty-Ty. Was something we see, especially from my media seat, you know, kind of behind your guys' bench is, Beno talking to guys during the game, kind of going over things that – could have been better, or just things that he sees out there. I just wanna wondered like, how do you view and, and process that kind of insight? And the team, you know, having someone who obviously knows so much about the NBA game, right. giving you those real-time mid-game kind of tips or adjustments or whatever it is.
5: Oh, it's good. I mean, you know, he don't got to. He could be like one of those coaches that just, you know, only talks to you during timeout. well him being, you know, a player's coach, him actually playing the NBA, so every uh, every time there's a free throw or something, you know, he always gets my attention. He's just telling me what he sees, or he's always just encouraging me to be aggressive, or just, you know, whenever he sees. Now I'm getting uh, frustrated on myself. You know, he's he's the first one to tell me, you know, pick my head up and all that. Him being a point guard, you know, he sees a lot. He sees a lot of stuff that I don't see. So he's always, you know, trying to correct me from the bench. Uh, Throughout the midst of the game, I feel like he's done a really good job, just not only with myself, but with the rest of the guys as well. You know, keeping us all confident and telling us what's right and from wrong. I feel like we got a group of guys, you know, that we all listen to our coaches no matter if they're yelling at us or nothing. You know, it's just like we know at the end of the day they're all trying to see us succeed at the end of the day. So it's just like we're going to listen to what they're saying and just take it and apply it. Absolutely. Thanks, (laughs) <laughs> Marquise, um, well, congratulations on the win. Just
1: what's it been like, you know, these two games um, after being off for two years, recovering from the injury. You know, we talked to coach after last game. He said that you had heard that, you know, you might not even be able to play basketball right. again. So really, before we get to the specifics, just how are you feeling and what's it been like to get back here and play
3: professional ball again? I mean, first of all, I'm blessed just to even be able to play. You know, I think I had a pretty serious injury to deal with. And I think more than physical is a mental recovery. Yeah. Um but I mean, God bless me with the ability to heal, be able to be here and play again. So I'm thankful for that. You know, I'm still trying to get my feel back to playing since it's been so long, and you know, the game has changed a little bit in the past couple years—a little faster, a little more up and down. Um, but just trying to let the game come to me, not trying to be doing too much, you know, trying to figure out my way to, to, you know, fit into this team. Talked about kind of the game changing. This is something we've talked about with Glenn
1: Robinson as well, who had a kind of similar time off there. You know, you, for your position specifically, you kind of came into the league as more of the four. I yeah. think now more of the five role, right. I would say. I see you calling out coverages defensively. seems yeah. like you're really embracing yeah. that five on the defensive end. Just how do you feel like you've evolved positionally and how is that continuing to change this season?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I just need to be. I think that's the biggest thing for me. Obviously, when you're playing the four, you're kind of the one that's switching. Um, You know, I think just being vocal, trying to be a leader uh, as best as I can and trying to deliver a message in the right way to where it's received by my teammates. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I'll, I'll play wherever, wherever coach tells me to go out there, I'll play whatever position I need to be to get on the floor.
1: Absolutely. I want to talk about kind of your journey here in in the shorter term. Obviously you mentioned the the difficult recovery process, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I heard you kind of arrived in Oshkosh to play with the herd within hours of the first game, like no practice kind of just heard you showed up. So first, like what was the process for getting into the G league? Like Mm -hmm. when did you know, Wisconsin, like, did you have a, a, a say in the matter, or what was that process like? And then, what was that first day, kind of just showing up and playing right yeah. away? Yeah.
3: Um, I mean, I worked out for him about a month ago, uh, so I didn't really know kind of what was going to go on. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, there were some injuries that happened, so there was spots that needed to be filled, uh, and I found out, and I flew out the next day, um, did all my physicals, came down, I didn't even get to practice, and then the next day we had a game, so. I think it's part of the business. You know, I've been in situations like that where I was in Dallas and I had to fly out and play the next day and ended up signing a deal and being on the team. So it's all about just being ready and just seizing an opportunity
1: absolutely um on the court then it felt like tonight you really were in a really good rhythm and flow with the rest of your teammates mm-hmm. you know i think even compared to the first game when i'm sure it was just great to get out there and play but it felt like or it seemed like from my perspective just watching that it was kind of much more of a, a, a rhythm for you that you were able to find that did you feel that out there and yeah. you feel like you know you can even go further and, and look yeah. better in like the next
2: couple games
3: for sure i think um I had a little bit more rhythm and had a little bit more understanding about my teammates and kind of what was going on um obviously there's room to grow you know for me as a leader just being more communicative with my teammates and how I give them messages and you know just being the older guy on the team I have to do better at that um but you know I think there's a lot of room for growth so I'm looking forward to it
1: absolutely you know what about kind of this organization the Bucks and the Herd um do you like or have you liked so far did you like before coming in here
3: I mean everything I think they they told me they would give me an opportunity to be myself um You know, and some other teams weren't as willing to let me come in and and get some workouts. So I'm thankful for them for taking a chance on me after you know something that was a really serious injury and giving me the opportunity to make my way back absolutely Uh, the game out
1: there today you know got a little chippy I think Mm -hmm. with someone from the assistant coaching staff I guess you know what was going on there and did you anticipate you know so soon being back that someone would already be kind of getting into it with you
3: I mean I think I have to do better on my part not to let that uh, get me beside myself Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a part of the game you know we're out there competing things are said and things are done but you know, I think our ultimate goal is to win and people get competitive, so, you know, make it the best of some people sometimes. So. As a leader, I think I have to do a little bit better of composing myself. Um, but it's a learning experience, continue to grow. That's
1: a very political answer. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. um, <laughs> um, we talked to Ty
1: Ty before this, and he talked about how you told him, you know, you can just put up a shot, you yeah. can throw it up to me, like I'm just going to be there for you. You know, how important do you view your role, both as a veteran and being the big on the floor, just being available and, and just trying to help out wherever you can, basically, with the guards on this team? Um,
3: I think it's super important. I've been fortunate to play with a lot of elite guards. Um, and just give my perspective on that. You know, and, uh, you know, in these types of situations, people might overthink and, and try to force feed some people. And I told him, I was like, you're open, shoot it. Like, yeah. I don't blame you. I'll go get the rebound. Like, I don't mind. You know, but if you're not, then throw the lob and we'll figure it out from there. So, you know, I think he's super talented and he's able to read the, the screens and the pick and roll. So just letting him kind of play his game and not have to overthink anything, you know? Yeah. Of course, the goal always to get,
1: get back to the NBA. Absolutely. Um, just, you know, how do you feel like, you know you're you're just you're kind of restarting this journey here obviously it was a long way before this but i mean on the court you know how do you feel like it's going so far and, and are you optimistic that you'll be able to get that chance this year as we get you know trade deadline and yeah. buyouts and all this stuff absolutely coming
3: up? i think i just have to continue to improve um obviously get my win back and get the feel back for playing the game um yeah. you know but i think the sky's the limit for myself obviously I, I i have high hopes for what can happen by the end of this season so yeah. just taking it day by day at this point
2: yeah speaking of that journey it's 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 I imagine it's quite a process for you to be able to get back, just like your second game back. How do you feel like you're progressing so far? When do you like do you have like a projected timetable for yourself about when you want to get back to where you fully were? Or what's that sort of process like
3: for you? Um, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I think this this injury that I had is kind of uncharted territory as far as you know recovery and things like that. So obviously, I'm fortunate to even be playing. So I don't really have any expectations. I'm kind of just going into it, being thankful that I'm able to play. Um, you know, obviously, hopefully these next few games I can play a little bit more and I get my win back. So just taking it day by day, like I said.
1: We, we noticed you kind of tugging at the knee a little bit, I think, in yeah. the first half. Are you feeling okay now? No, I'm okay. That, yeah, okay. I
3: think we just bumped knees with somebody, yeah. and it happened to be the knee that was bothering me a yeah. little bit. But I'm good now. Okay. Yeah, you,
2: we mentioned earlier Ty Ty Washington. This entire team sort of sees you as a leader. Mm. Do you Is that something, like, you need to work on for yourself? Is it something that you already have established? How is that? How do you feel like your voice is going to really impact this locker
3: room? Yeah. Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think obviously I've had some years in the NBA, but I'm still around the same age as most guys. Um, so it's a learning experience for me as well, becoming one of the leaders and one of the older guys on the team. So just trying to grow in that aspect of trying to be as positive as I can to help them grow and develop. Uh, at the same time, we're trying to improve my game.
2: That's yeah, a very talented uh, big trio. This Absolutely. Wisconsin Hurts yeah, team has. Sure. Unfortunately, when Gabriel goes down with an injury, hope mm-hmm. all is well with him. How do you see that sort of three-headed monster playing yeah. out when you have you Bolden, you have Gabriel out there? It's it's a defensive nightmare for, for sure. Other teams. I think
3: I think with all three of us, you get a little bit of everything. You know, I think we're all able to stretch the floor. We're all able to put the ball on the ground and get to the basket. And obviously, on the defensive end, we can protect the basket. So, you know, I think any given night, one of us can produce and, and get what the team needs to win. Awesome. Appreciate it.
1: So that was our conversations. Hopefully folks continue to enjoy them. I would say, not to like deep dive all three of them, but I just think generally the coolest part about getting those is to talk about things that we see and we talk about and then getting the actual on-court player perspective is is my, I find it invaluable. I really think it's so cool to get that extra level of insight when we talk to these guys and really appreciate their, their time and their thoughtful answers. I thought all three – were really interesting uh interviews we had to conduct so appreciate uh, all three players for you know doing their part which is almost all of it (laughs) frankly
2: yeah for sure it's always it's it's great to get that perspective great to get that opportunity um but yeah hopefully you all enjoyed we'll say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on blue iron gsp and we will have you covered for all things trade deadline this week uh so make sure you subscribe to this podcast uh, whether you're listening on your podcast platform of choice or watching on youtube make sure you check out gspn.info for all of our podcasts discord entry link everything everything is at uh, gspn.info again make sure you subscribe pod random and we will talk to you next time